The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Flyers Talk Podcast. As always, Katie Emmer joined with Jordan Hall. And Jordan, it's so nice for us uh, during this time. We always have a special guest joining us. And someone today that's hopping on, she's here for the second time. Indeed, Katie. Very special guest. I'm super excited to introduce to you, the listeners, Brooke Desha from NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com. Huge Flyers guru. Brooke, thanks for joining us. Hi, hi, my friends. How are we all doing today? Well, we're probably in the same... Oh, so yeah, we're probably in the same boat as you, Brooke. <laughs> we're all we're all kind of distraught <laughs> without hockey. And, and Jordan, uh, you could probably agree with this. Brooke is one of the most passionate hockey fans you could ever meet, um, specifically in the city of Philadelphia. When I first started here, I'm, always, I'm still learning from her. Um, she's always just one of those that loves hockey so much. And it's it's so fun, Brooke, to to keep up with your writing and everything you do here at such a young age, too. You're so great at what you do, but... Where did you? Oh, <laughs> yeah, and I know you're on. I know you're on before, but um, for those that may not have really caught on to it, tell the listeners just where you're from and sort of what your story is and uh, where you are now. Oh boy. Okay. So basically, I just graduated college in May of last year, and throughout my last two semesters of school, I was interning with NBC's our. Um, live events team for the Flyers. And luckily that kind of transformed into a part-time position now turned full-time position with you guys. And if I had realized that I'd be covering my all-time favorite sports team, not even just hockey team, all-time favorite sports team at 22 years old, I would laugh in your face and say that that wasn't a real (laughs) thing. So um, every day I have one of those surreal Uh, feelings of this is really my life. This is my job. And I'm always so grateful for it and always want to strive to be better and do better and put out great content for Flyers fans in Philly. I would say you guys are doing great at your jobs, Brooke and Jordan, both keeping uh, Flyers fans entertained with your writing and and other content online. That's been great. And Brooke, by the end of this podcast, we better get into uh, also your your other position as uh, the leader of the Gritty Committee. Um, So Uh, we will definitely be touching (laughs) president, president. I have to get that right. But uh, I'm going to leave that for the end. So people, you know, definitely will want to see what the requirements are to be the president of the Gritty Committee and what you've been doing with that. But getting into uh, it. Oh, me too. I can't wait. But getting into two, just you guys, we don't have any hockey. We don't have any pucks on the ice or any skates lay stuff. Of course, we don't we don't have any games, but we do have news coming almost every single day. This is such a fluid situation, not only in the NHL, but every other sport. Um, And last week, I'm really interested to just sort of hear your guys' thoughts on this, because last week we see Crosby, we see Ovechkin, um, top players in the league saying that they would be okay. If, if and when the season does resume to start right away on playoffs. And of course, no surprise, you guys, it's the Penguins and the Caps that they're both on. So 
teams that, you know, already have a chance there. But um, it's definitely an interesting take because we've sort of seen both sides of the spectrum from at least uh, players and, and even executives and maybe what the plans are going to be. Brooke, starting with you, what would be the ideal comeback for this league if they were to resume play um, soon here? I mean, realistically speaking, I don't think that there's going to be much room for any regular season hockey when the season does sort of resume. I think they will kind of jump right into the postseason. However, obviously for the players' safety and everything regarded that, there's going to have to be some level of training camp just to get all of the players back in shape uh, and game ready. But luckily, the Flyers are in a playoff position. Would they have liked to try and get that first place slot in the Metropolitan? Yeah, absolutely. But beggars can't be choosers right now. And if the playoffs were to start as soon as NHL kicks right back up, I, I'd rather take that over nothing for the summer. So, Yeah, it's a great point, uh, Brooke. Um, you know, it's funny. We always, especially with the Flyers, having a tendency to start slow in seasons and have kind of uh, mediocre Octobers and Novembers. For once, they actually had a really, really strong November, and uh, it, they're, they're, it's, it could pay off uh, if, if the league has to act you know, the rest of the regular season and they're in a playoff spot. That's, that's where those opening months can uh, become pretty crucial. Um, Katie, how do you feel about it? Obviously, there are plenty of different scenarios. We've seen a player proposal. We've seen guys talk about jumping in now as opposed to saving games. How do you see it? Yeah, I mean, look, Brooke said exactly how I would think just as far as how uh, important it is with injuries and players' health. There needs to be some sort of camp. At the same time, um, I, I'm sort of mixed feelings on the whole going into September part of things. Um, I, I do believe we should start, yes, with, with playoffs right away. I mean, I'm right on board, and especially it helps, as Brooke said, the Flyers are already in playoff position, luckily, for that team. So um, for other teams, too, it, it's just they either luck out or they don't. Teams that are on the bubble trying to get in, yes, you're going to have to sort of think of a different scenario for that. Um, I do agree with starting right away with the playoffs, but you do need some sort of camp as far as, you know, I don't care how long it is, if it's going to be 15 days, 45 days and so on. Um, I, I think you, that is, you know, very important, especially when we don't know how long this is going to be. Uh, fortunately for players that may be injured, this may be a good thing. They, well, it is a good thing. Players that are in a playoff position right now, um, they have a chance to to get back. So there, there, is, there are some positives you can look at with this for those uh, given teams. You know, James Van Riemsdyk being a perfect example, someone who's going to be, you know, he's going to have a plethora of time to sit and, uh, you know, be recovered. He probably already is, guys, with that hand. But, um, no, I think for that there's, there's some fortunate scenarios and unfortunate scenarios, and I don't think you can, you can win everybody over in this situation, you guys. It's an all-around effect that's felt all around the world no matter work no matter sports everything even weddings you guys so many things are impacted by this mm -hmm. that you so, sort of have to not really set the bar low but sort of just really alter and sort of expect just it already is a different season so i think right now if the nhl is going to um to start up they need to start in playoffs and you know getting into a whole nother conversation that we could maybe say for later is is the format of that, guys. We see the MLB already adjusting their postseason. 
if this will start in playoffs, you know, I see it, I see it best being like a, a best of five or something else where, and again, guys, this is going to be all decided by how much time they do have, how much time sure. that there's going to be allowed by the time this season does come back. But you can bet Batman and all the front office staff there or all the executives, excuse me, are all thinking of different ways that this is going to work. But um, Jordan, I just really see that as, you know, starting right away in playoffs is going to be your best bet at this point because you already have an altered season regardless. Right. I couldn't agree more. And there really is no perfect uh, world. Like you said, Kate, there's going to have to be compromise no matter what in this situation. And let's be honest, they, they played the majority of the regular season. So that's a positive. So if anything, you can look back at it and say, well, hey, we gave um, all 31 teams, you know, 69 to 70 some games to, you know, make their best case for the playoffs. And we have a situation that no one really foresaw. And um, it's changing the world. So we have to go on with, you know, who are who is in a playoff spot right now. So, yeah, I couldn't couldn't agree more. I think that's where um, we're going to maybe see the first the first adjustment. It will be half the shorting the regular season. But I did find it interesting that a player like Claude Giroux, who has his team already in a pretty good spot, even admitted, hey, we should do what's fair, what's most fair for everyone. And he also said that um, he think it would be really smart to get a few games in before just jumping into the playoffs. So maybe what he's saying is a few games, maybe they could serve as like a training camp, like you said, Katie, a training camp just to get guys and get like their to get their feet, uh, their legs uh, back underneath them, get like maybe try to simulate some game action because it, it would be awfully difficult to not be playing for months to all of a sudden just playing a high intense playoff. Yeah, game. Um, yeah, and even. Even something too like preseason action, you know, we, we see that all the time. So maybe these the games that they come back from Jordan, the points don't count because it is so much about just getting their feet back under them. Right. I think players would absolutely be open to that. You know, even if you're not really simulating the intensity of a playoff game, you're at least getting into a game type of fluidness um, and being able to skate like a full game, and and that helps with your conditioning. Um, and speaking to that, Brooke, you wrote an article today on NBC, today being uh, Monday, on NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com. And it's kind of jump, It's kind of looking at some odds uh, for what, if the playoffs did start today, what the odds would be in the respective series. Uh, if you could uh, dive into that a little bit. Um, obviously, we know the Flyers would be playing the, Pen- the Penguins if the playoffs did start today. So what did the odds say and what did you think of them? Sure. So these odds are coming from Westgate, uh, Westgate Superbook. So this is one of like the top sports books out in the West Coast. And basically, it's just kind of breaking down all of the odds for the first round of the postseason. Like you said, Flyers and Penguins would go up against each other, but they're both going. They would both be going in to the first round of the postseason at a minus one ten, and that's pretty interesting given the fact that. That means that there's no clear favorite or even a favorite at all going into this playoff series, which is interesting and it's new. But given the fact where both teams kind of left off where the NHL went on hiatus, it seems like the Flyers would have the upper hand. I mean, obviously, I'm not rooting against them, but I don't know. What what are your guys' feelings on this, thinking that they're – really is no clear favorite going into this. I feel like we haven't really seen that in a while, especially with Flyers in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like um, those odds, it, 
it would even be hard. I think about the people who calculate those book, because it'd even be hard. How do you even, how do you even make odds right now? I, I know there's a <laughs> lot of different factors, but like, I think of that, it's like, okay, what are we going off of? Like who's really practicing their stick skills in their kitchen right now, or who's hanging out on the couch? Like, no, I, I know, uh, you know, in all honesty, I, I do know there's a big process with how they do calculate the odds. Um, I am surprised if that was, you know, part of your question. I am surprised that those odds are, are tied and that they're at that point. Um, but if I look at it to you guys, at least from the the fact the um, scenario for the Flyers, if this season were to resume, there is no better team. There's no better team for them to start right away after, you know, maybe being rusty, maybe having some time off. No better team than taking on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Like, what a way a rivalry game like that to really just get right back into the league. I would, I would say that that is probably one of the best, um, you know, scenarios. I look at it that way. I think it is one of the best scenarios for this team to really just get back into gear and this team being the Flyers to get back into gear. Um, those odds are interesting to me, but, you know, I, obviously I think all of us do believe the Flyers should have higher odds, but um, I think that that would be an amazing scenario for the Flyers to start right away, guys, after this hiatus and take on take on that big arrival with the yeah, Sid but, the Kid in town. Yeah, would there be a better way to get Flyers fans, like, get their energy back up uh, after this long layoff than being like, hey, uh, playoff start and we're playing the Penguins. Like, I think <laughs> ask for a better scenario, Kate, like you said, with, with fans wanting to get back into Flyers hockey. Um, I, I would definitely see it being a highly competitive series. Obviously, we wouldn't know the length of that series, whether it be best of seven, best of five, what have you. Um, but I think it will be highly competitive. I think both teams are very evenly matched. I think we saw it during the regular season – the games were sort of lopsided. I know the Penguins blew up the Flyers to, to open the year, uh, to open the regular season series. The Flyers then shut them out. Um, and then the then they both had a game uh, go to overtime in which the Penguins won. So um, I think that both teams are very evenly matched. They know each other well. I think one interesting thing with this whole sports book, calculating the odds, obviously you're looking as, as much as you can in terms of when they played – um, how they match up statistically, all that fun stuff. But I think a lot of things, like Katie said, you don't really look into is some of the intangibles. Um, like how many young players are on each roster? How does the layoff um, impact those guys who have never been through a stoppage like this? Maybe one team has more veteran players who have seen a stoppage and they know how to maybe keep their bodies in shape uh, on their free time, whereas maybe a younger player doesn't. Um, how does it impact the goaltending situation where, uh, how old are the goalies? Like, I'm not trying to say a veteran team would have a better chance, uh, compared to a younger team, but those are some of the intangibles I think we don't look at as how a layoff would impact those teams, um, and, and the makeups of the roster. But I really do think it will be a fun series. I think it'd be competitive and tight. So I can't say I'm surprised that I see the odds completely even. I think that would be one of the more... Um, interesting and competitive series uh, in that first round. Um, and Brooke, I, I wanted to to ask you: um, Would there, if you had to predict that series, um, would you like that matchup, or do you think the Flyers would have been in a better spot to to play one of those wild card teams? Um, and do you think the Flyers would be more open to trying to finish the regular season because? Um, they're not in danger of falling out of a playoff spot. And if anything, they could jump in the first place and maybe give themselves a better uh, matchup. Uh, do you think the Flyers have any concerns of who they play? 
Um, not necessarily, but that's kind of why I also understand where Giroux is coming from, where he says, you know, we could use a couple extra games because you don't really know where the standings would fall after those handful. So I personally like the matchup just based off of the rivalry, the intensity. Both teams can read each other very well, and I think it would be a great way to kind of kick things back off. And hmm, it, it's really interesting because I've especially never lived through this kind of era of no being sports and there's this level of uncertainty of when we're returning or what's going to happen. And even if there is a series, like you said, is it a five game series? Is it going to be a seven game series? Like usual, how things are going to pan out. I personally like the matchup because it's my favorite rival. And (laughs) as opposed to where these two teams last met in the postseason, two seasons ago, game six in Philadelphia, things obviously didn't end the way that we wanted them to. Mm-hmm. I think it's a big turnaround from where we've last seen each other in the postseason. And I think Flyers fans are due for a really high-intensity playoff atmosphere, which we haven't really seen in Philly in quite some time. So I'm I'm for this matchup, yeah. personally. I think we all should be for the fans, right? Like, you gotta, there's no other fan base like the Flyers fan base, right, on Broad Street, and especially you guys seeing... Um, Sydney Crosby in town. We all know just how much the fans would love to see that happen. Like, uh, uh, Jordan, there's no better way. It's kind of like a baptism of fire just to get you right back into the season than having a heated rival like the Penguins, like we said earlier. There's just no way. There's no better way. Worth right. the wait. It'd be worth exactly. it. Yes. Exactly. Well, to be honest, I don't think any players are, I guess, on the Flyers roster. I would say I don't think any players are really studying the standings and and looking at the ideal scenario for a return. I think they're just excited to eventually obviously see the world in a better state in terms of this uh, global pandemic. And then also, I think they're just looking forward to getting back to normal and playing hockey in front of fans. So I really don't think they would care or be like, ah, darn, we didn't get to finish and jump into first and have a better matchup. No, I think they would yeah. just want anything at this point. I think we all Definitely. would. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, and, and you bring that up just with so you don't think they're checking the standings. I don't think they are either. We got to hear kind of what Elaine Vigneault has been up to, especially, uh, you know, in his communication with the team. Through Chuck Fletcher on a uh, media conference call uh, Monday, so earlier today, um, some big bullet points from that call, Jordan. I, I know you were on it, Brooke. I, I, I believe you listened as well. There's a lot of things to take away from what uh, Chuck Fletcher did say today. Um, I do want to start with the fact that because uh, you brought up youth earlier, Jordan, just on the terms of the, uh, you know, what they look into with the odds. The Flyers are making a youth movement, signing a couple of young players. The scouting is still going on. There's still things moving around with uh, with this team, and we see a couple of young guys getting signed, Jordan. Um, what's your take on, starting with Wade Allison, what's your take on uh, the scouting report with what the Flyers have been able to do with this uh, time off? Yeah, Katie. Um, Chuck Fletcher mentioned today a, a big point of emphasis for what they can control is just looking forward, looking forward to future matters. Um, so while the current team is kind of in a st- at a standstill, you know, they still have things coming up that they can prepare for. Um, so, he, you know, he mentioned um, being in touch with uh, Brent Flair and Barry Hanrahan, their, his assistant GMs and how Brent obviously oversees the scouting department, and, and they're still preparing their draft list uh, for the NHL entry draft. 
Um, they're still watching video, reviewing reports, having discussions on players, doing things that they would absolutely typically do at this time, just without obviously being able to watch games live and scout. Uh, and then Barry is more of their cap guy, uh, definitely crunches the numbers, and he's been helping with working on contracts. Um, obviously, two guys, Tanner Lazinski and Wade Allison, two college players, he helped with uh, getting those guys signed and uh, sealed. And then, obviously, they'll, they'll continue to look forward at maybe how the cap will you know, be affected by all of this, looking at their RFAs going into the offseason. Obviously, things will change a ton with how the season finishes, uh, but they can at least prepare for that. So um, as for, Katie, your question on Wade Allison, um, these are and Tanner, two exciting college players that are well-developed, well-groomed, uh, they'll be 23 going into next season, uh, both. So I think college guys that might not have the highest feelings, but they're going to be pro-ready uh, off the hop. And that's exciting. I think sometimes we have to wait and see with some of these 19, 20-year-old kids, and you have to really wait uh, and watch them develop into to men. Chuck Fletcher said it today, these are men. These are, these are adults who are going to, not need uh they won't need much seasoning so Tanner Lazinski's um a center out of Ohio State guy that knows how to handle the puck has a pro ready shot good build um a guy that could probably play in your bottom six and who knows he could probably climb pretty quickly to the Flyers um as as short as and as early as and Wade Allison's a winger out of Western Michigan has battled injuries and yelled during his time there um but a winger with scoring potential, a lot of skill around the net, tough kid, um, and a guy again that has a pro, pro ready uh, game because of his development in college. All four years, both of those guys played in college, so I think they're excited about both of those, and I think that's been a, a nice little silver lining to keep us busy during this time is um, to get a glimpse of those prospects, have them signed, and understand that hey, they're in the future. Uh, Brooke, I know you. Yeah. Brooke and Katie, I know you're both big on the prospects. Uh, Brooke, I'll start with you. What, what do you like about those two kids? Uh, just kind of hopping off of what you had said, Jordan, is that both of them seem like they're going to be able to transition to an NHL-style game much more fast-paced pretty quickly after signing these contracts. And they have the potential to be impact players right away, both Allison and Lazinski because of their style of play. And they have, they both have the potential to really kind of elevate that middle six in um, the forwards. Wow, I am so rusty when it's coming hey, to hockey talk. You're it's fine. Like two you're and good. a half weeks. That's so. F- <laughs> Brooke, I haven't been able to speak Yikes. English. So. No, that's, I was like, wow, I think I'm creating a sentence right now. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that they, they both have the potential to translate their games very quickly, very efficiently to the NHL level as soon as next season. So yeah. depending on how their offseason goes, training camp, however the NHL wants to proceed with it, <laughs> they could make yeah. a pretty solid impact as early as next year. Yeah, a big thing I look into, and you sort of touched on this, just with their ability to transition to the fast-paced game of the NHL. Um, And that's something I have to agree with. Wade Allison, a player I actually fortunately covered in the NCHC when he was at Western, 
uh, Michigan when I was covering the St. Cloud State Huskies in college. Um, yeah. Saw a lot of his game. Always one of the top players I had on the, on the score sheet, um, paying attention to on the lines on where he was going to be. And Lazinski, I actually covered uh, when I was with the Big Ten last year covering the Gophers. I mean, both players that, you know, for me, that's just, guys, there you go. That's my little personal bit. But, no, it is fun for me. And I I kind of, uh, I love, I'm a huge college hockey fan because that's where my whole uh, career basically started working um, college hockey. So it is fun for me to see things come full circle and and see names pop up again um, in another position. So two additions that, you know, it is something to you guys when you you see their play, um, which I'm sure you both have, just talking about how talented they will be and how they'll be able to add that extra depth. Um, is so important and, and something to just really look at that I find very important as far as what I see out of college hockey players is you guys, when they play that full four years, that is something that um, I just, I respect a lot of. Um, and again, I don't, I don't not respect players that do the one and dones and go right into the league. I know that that, that happens and, and players do blossom um, a lot, but when you have players, you know, playing the full gig, the full four years, um, you have mature players that you're bringing in and you also just have players that, uh, that are just well-rounded used to being a part of a, a team used to helping out a team and older as well. So I think these two will certainly add that much needed, um, help for the, uh, the flyers. We shall see Brooke, as you did mention, if, and when a season does resume <laughs> yes. so many uncertainties, but, um, you can never be mad when you see some extra guys coming in. And, and of course, you know, these were players that the flyers fans knew they heard their names, but now we officially see them, um, Head in, head in uh, this way. So that's certainly a bright spot. Something to uh, Jordan, your take on on the overall call today, because I, I did hear a couple things and, and going back to our topic earlier, just with how this is going to work uh, if and when the season does resume. Hearing Chuck Fletcher saying, when you have time, use it. What do you take from that? Yeah, KD, it was really interesting to see how they're approaching this situation I think ultimately they're treating these players like big boys. Like these are professional hockey players. They're not kids. Um, It's not like it's a developmental program um, or it's college where you're sending them, you know, detailed workouts of, hey, here's what you do to stay ready. I think for the most part, Chuck Fletcher just said we haven't given them really any specific direction. We're just we're just wanting them to stay safe, stay with their families, stay inside, be um, be smart members of the community do what uh, helps this whole um, global pandemic and how we can slow it down. And mainly, I think they're trusting that these players are adults and they're going to stay in shape. Um, we obviously know that not every player probably has like a built-in gym, but they probably have something um, that they can do. And, and obviously people are even um, advised to, to go outside and get sunlight and obviously just practice social distancing. So I think for the most part, Chuck Fletcher and company – uh, they're staying in touch with players. They're communicating as best they can. Uh, but the overall emphasis is just trusting the players, trusting that they'll stay in shape um, and they'll be adults and um, and they'll practice social distancing however they work out. Uh, and that's a positive there. And I, I don't think there's any doubt uh, that those guys will stay in shape uh, and, and be ready to go as best they can. Um as for some other things, I just thought it was interesting how everything changes for them in terms of communication. Like, obviously, a lot of times you're all the time. These guys are in the office or they're at the arena and they're, they're around people shaking their hands and, you know, communicating that way. And it, it's a complete adjustment for them. And now Chuck Fletcher said he's personally trying to reach out to 
all members of his support staff, his scouts, his amateur scouts, uh, Bob Clark, Paul Holmgren, Bill Barber, Dave Scott, just trying to keep all lines of communication open. I think that's pretty unique. Uh, so I think that's an adjustment for the organization, but they have some pretty smart guys in that front office. So I don't, I don't doubt uh, them and them being able to move forward. We had a fun tidbit uh, asking how Chuck Fletcher is staying in contact with Elaine Vigneault, what what he's been doing to stay ready. The head coach, the first thing first thing Chuck Fletcher said was that AV's been working on his golf swing. Uh, <laughs> so I think we believe that we know uh, Elaine Vigneault is probably down in Florida where he has a place. Um, but of course, is he on the pontoon? That's the biggest question. I hope he's practicing his social distancing, but is he on the pontoon? I bet money. He's probably out on the pontoon enjoying a martini or two from time to time. Uh, as we all know, the head coach is a pretty happy go lucky guy. I I have a feeling he's taking this as serious as possible, but I also have a feeling he's enjoying the time a little bit, relaxing, um, doing what he can to help. And then also of course, staying ready. He's definitely a uh, he's definitely a, a hockey, um, you know, a hockey nut. And I think he's staying ready and going through his notes and being ready, uh, just as Fletcher said. Um, but that was the overall points I got from it, guys. I know I'm, you guys were keeping up with it. Um, it was great to hear Oscar Lindblom is doing well. He's in the Philadelphia area continuing his treatments. So it's great to hear that um, all is well with him and that he hasn't had to make major adjustments because of this obviously i think there was some fear that maybe he would have to go home or um his adjustments would uh, or his treatments would be adjusted um as far as we know that's not the case so that's good and it's good to hear all the health updates phil myers is doing well um it, he, it's looking like he would have been ready to go to finish the regular season at some point um if it did stay on his schedule nate thompson his issues have been resolved and chuck fletcher also said james van like uh, his finger is doing well, and that uh, he was on on course to return probably at the start of the playoffs, if not like shortly after the start. So um, if there are some silver lines that the Flyers are resting and healing, um, Brooke, what did you kind of take from just seeing some of Chuck's comments and w- w- the uniqueness to it? I want to know kind of what you think about how you know crazy is it a time that it is for us and other people. It's obviously pretty crazy for these people that – um, work in front office roles and have to make total adjustments. Sure. So I basically, I don't know. I just keep picturing, you know, how everybody's having the, the zoom happy hours across everything. I just picture the entire front office having a zoom and, (laughs) and, uh, Vigneault with his martini. That's kind of how I've pictured the off season. I'm not the off. It feels like the off season, but it's, you know, you try and think of a little bit of a little more uh, lighthearted things. But like you said, there's so many positives coming out of the break where people are getting healthy and ready to go whenever the season does resume. So there, like you said, it is very much so a silver lining. And now it's kind of like we're just it's hurry up and wait. So, yeah. yeah everything's together we're good to go and then as soon as you know the league changes its um standards for how we're handling the hiatus of the season maybe they'll get small skate practices in and start to get things going but it seems like whenever things do resume the flyers are going to be right up front and ready to go full force and that's basically the biggest takeaway i got from that is just you know 
everybody's coming together. We're ready and willing. We just need the go sign. So it's exciting, but it's just, we're waiting and we're sitting back on it for now, but they'll be ready to run when it's time to do so. Yeah. And Brooke, when you talk about just the fact that you would believe this team is just up and ready to go, I would have to credit that to Chuck Fletcher and just the management of this team. And it's uncertain time like this, certainly from what we heard too, from him today, it just seems like they are handling it the best way absolutely possible. Um, which is certainly a bright spot to see uh, a topic that me, Taryn and Jordan debated on the last episode was the top executive in the NHL. Um, and there's obviously talks about Chuck Fletcher and I know it's hard for us because we all cover this team and we only primarily see Chuck Fletcher, but I do believe we have every right. I wouldn't even call it bias because it's truthfully, I think a lot of teams all around the NHL, they, they take notice of Chuck Fletcher and just the things he's been able to do. Would you believe he could potentially be the top NHL uh, GM this season? Oh, absolutely. And I stand firm with the whole debate with if the season ended, should Vigneault be coach of the year? I think what this front office has been able to do with Chuck Fletcher and then this team as a whole with Vigneault, they've become such a, a strong power duo in the league and A lot of the comments that I've been seeing on social media, especially leading up to the break when the Flyers were on their nine-game winning streak, was, wow, I thought the Flyers were still kind of rebuilding. Where did they come from? And it's crazy to see that they're, you know, one of the powerhouse teams in the NHL. And all of the credit, really, I mean, a lot of the credit does go to the players and everything, but so much of the credit is also due for Chuck Fletcher and Elaine Vigneault and it can't be overlooked especially at this point in the season where there's nothing going on so the only thing you can do is debate certain topics and look at things from multiple standpoints and that those two together have really created something strong and powerful and we're lucky it's happening in Philadelphia because you know if if I saw them any other team I would have been a little a little PO'd <laughs> because yeah. of how well because of how well they are turning this team around. Yeah, it was funny. I remember um, when Chuck Fletcher and Elaine Vigneault were first hired. Uh, the initial reaction wasn't like this uber excitement. It was there was definitely some reservation on many fans' part. I think Chuck Fletcher, the first thing people thought of was that he committed those those two huge contracts in Minnesota and people thought he kind of like went all in and wasn't smart about um, protecting the future. So there was was some worries about that. And then I remember with Elaine Vigneault, I think a lot of Flyers fans just remembered him towards the end of his tenure with the Rangers and how he was perceived as this guy that didn't play younger players and they missed the playoffs and he was kind of hard to deal with. And I've enjoyed getting to know both of them. And um, I think the Flyers fans, I think like Brooke hit the nail on the head, they couldn't be more excited about this duo and the way they've constructed things with the Flyers. Katie, um, do you think that's uh, something to be excited about? I know right now we're kind of like, man, darn, this thing's kind of on hold when it was going so well. But you think about it, they're really just getting started with Fletcher, Vigneault, and really what's in store. So you know, you hope things will resume as soon as they can, but there's still plenty of excitement, I think, around this, this, uh, what, how the Flyers have constructed things. 
Oh, without a doubt, you guys. Come on. I mean, this team, yeah, it's an uncertain time. But I, I do think Flyers fans right now, what they should feel is a little bit of, you know, well, obviously hope because there is hope with this team, um, excitement with this team. And, um, well, I could say uncertainty, but that's with the whole entire league. Just as far as this season, we, you know, a lot of uncertainty, but definitely a lot of hope and excitement um, when we talk about the future. This is it's not just this year, guys. We saw as both of you alluded to, we 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 saw just how much could change and how much turnaround could happen from a coaching staff. And, you know, we all wrote about that. We went, did an end time last week, just with the biggest turnaround. And the biggest thing you guys is that's a debate that's up for debate. what the biggest turnaround was because there's so many positives. Um, A lot of us would go, Brooke, I I believe you said with the players, like Kevin Hayes, so much turnaround with that. And then there's turnaround with what you're seeing with uh, Chuck Fletcher and Elaine Vino. So all around, you have to look at that as obviously such a good thing that you really have to debate. No, the biggest turnaround was this. No, the biggest turnaround was this because there's so many different positives going on. Um, I believe, yes, that happened this season, and it's going to continue into next year, especially when you look at the youth movement that um, you know Fletcher and especially Elaine Vino is able to develop this season. Um, I, I think it's it should be an exciting time, guys. It's just all about a matter of when. Acme is immediately hiring employees for their stores and distribution center to serve the increasing needs of communities during this uncharted time. If you or someone you know is looking for an exciting opportunity, Acme is currently hiring at every store location, including their distribution center. Go to acmemarkets.com forward slash careers. Bundy had a a great tweet the other day that said, all right, I watched Netflix. Now what? (laughs) (laughs) all right i I finished netflix i finished netflix now what i mean i don't know how many hours that could possibly be he's obviously kidding but it's such an uncertain time we're all just we're like all right what what show do i watch now by the way jordan and also our producer podcast producer ben you guys i'm really getting into homeland um i'm really changing the tone now guys (laughs) i'm like starting about (laughs) shows now but some of my favorite things to do just thoughts on that first season Oh man. Hey, I, uh, I think you guys both know. I said, uh, off of a hot mic that I'll say it now. I I'll, I'll admit it. You guys, I stayed up until 2am just to finish one season. And I'm really, I don't feel bad about that because if you say it's finest, right. And if anyone says they've never done that, they are sitting on a throne of lies. Okay. Because they have all done that. And I will come out and just say right away, but Brooke, biggest question for you. Okay. Have Mm -hmm. you watched tiger King? I have. Okay. We're so gonna, what do you think about it? <laughs> um, <laughs> what was I, that? I don't know. Taryn I, is so passionate. Taryn would stand up for that show all day if she could. She loves it. Well, I actually, I tweeted about this last night and I said, this may be the hot take of quarantine, but I was not a big fan of it. Ooh. Just Jordan, I just thought Look it what we was got. In, <laughs> insanity. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. I think you're really I'm disappointing just... a lot of those right now, including our producer Brooke. Yeah, it's okay though. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you stop that. You stop that. But no, I love this. Necessary. I love a good. Uh, I love a good hot take. What's your reason? Yeah, I, I think it's just because not only kind of seeing how the animals were kind of like handled and there's so many that are um 
held in captivity as compared to the numbers of the animals and the tigers in the wild. I think that that alone is really insane um, if you get a chance to look at those numbers. But also just the fact that it's just, I don't know, like, how are these people real? Like, how is this docuseries, whatever it is, how is this real? And I know that it is because there, there are people like this in the world, clearly, but it's just, I sat there and I actually had to rewatch the first two episodes because I was so genuinely confused and I don't want to say appalled, but I'll use that word as well. <laughs> because I just didn't know what the hell was happening. I don't know. I guess that's just me. I heard it's that bizarre. Kitty, have you watched? No, you guys, I haven't. So like whatever Brooke is saying, I'm, I'm just... I'm just gathering feedback right now um, and like just, that. yeah, seeing if I want to or not. But I just keep seeing a ton of tweets about it. So, Brooke, I actually, I have to respect your hot take. Like, I definitely respect it. You know what else I respect, too? We what? save the best for last. Let's do, like, a little drum roll. I, that was on my, there we go. There we go. <laughs> I want to know what it takes to be president of the Gritty Committee. Can you please explain this? We save the yeah. best for last. Tell us what the, you know, what the. <laughs> exact title is and just what the, the job requirements are and <laughs> yeah sure so basically <laughs> this is a really funny story when gritty was introduced to the world and everyone was like what what the hell is this thing i was like you know what if anything embraces philadelphia sports it's gritty so i'm going to embrace the mascot and basically, once everybody started to get on board, I was like, you know what? Like, no, I really love Gritty. And I just kind of marketed myself as president of the Gritty committee because of how much I loved him. And it stuck. So. Oh, my gosh. I'm the self-proclaimed president of the Gritty committee. But nobody has challenged me for the title. So. I'll I'll take I'll take my title and run. And Brooks had uh, memorabilia, like even sent to her anonymously from people because uh, they know her as being literally the president of the Gritty Committee. I think that's pretty impressive. Yeah, so I have I have quite the collection now. And by the way, this term isn't up in like four or eight years. Like this is this is my title until I die. So. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I'm very proud of what I have created. I'm, I'm proud of you, too. Yes. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brooke, um, thank you so much for joining us. Always fun to have you. I, I really haven't because I, I appreciate you filling in last time for me. You're always no welcome problem. on here. Um, it's, it's finally fun to have uh, you join me and Jordan. Um, yeah, you're great. You're great. Keep up the great work, what you do um, on NBC Sports Philadelphia's website and all the Flyers content. So fun to work alongside you. And, and hopefully we're all the band is all back together soon in person. But hope you're staying safe and staying well. And again, thank you for coming on today. Yeah, thank you guys so much. It's been a lot of fun to attempt to talk about hockey or what anything <laughs> of yeah, hockey great. in that nature. Um, and just hearing your voices and kind of catching up, it's been really great, especially after not seeing either of you and Ben, because I didn't call out Ben earlier. <laughs> it's been really great to um, catch up with all of you guys. Um, and I hope that you guys are also doing well 
and we'll hopefully have some hockey and see each other real soon. Yes, as always, great to hear all of your voices. Brooke Destra, again, thank you so much. Katie Emmer as well, thank you so much. And thank you, Ben Barry, our podcast producer. Great to catch up with you guys. I am Jordan Hall. That is the Flyers Talk podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and subscribe. And we can't wait to talk to you next time. Thanks so much. Thanks so much.